Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Mira, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the Sydney market. Just as a disclaimer, all thoughts and opinions spoken belong to each individual and do not represent their company. Hi, everyone. Today, we will be discussing how to build a workplace that people want to turn up to. I'm joined by three technical leaders to share their insights on the topic. First, I'll get everyone to introduce themselves. So over to you, Michael. Hi, everyone. My name is Michael Liu. Uh, I'm an engineering manager at AMP, and I work with the AMP investments technology team. And we manage a platform that supports our investments business. Um, including superannuation products and investment products in um, A&P wealth management. Amazing. Thanks, Michael. And Anjali. Hi, thank you, Mira. I'm Anjali Wadwa. Um, I am currently working as a quality engineering manager at OFX. It's a cross-border payment where uh, we enable our customers, uh, uh, consumers, enterprise customers, um, corporate customers, online sellers uh, to transfer money globally. Uh, I have been working in tech space for over 12 years now. Uh, and during that time, I've actually worked across companies uh, which are more like a service-based companies providing uh, consulting services to a variety of different clients. Um, so I've seen like different sort of maturity level of clients and different sort of, uh, you know, scale of the business and so on. And it enabled me or gave me a chance to wear different hats in the IT space. Um, and I've like ever since I moved in Australia, I worked for six years in an uh, IB group. Um, we were building a digital platform for our customers there. Um, over the time, like I have realized that, you know, um, uh, how much of uh, having the right team culture and environment where people can actually thrive um, is is so much more crucial for people to actually work together as a team to you know deliver meaningful outcomes. And I'm really passionate about uh, a uh, helping people build quality products, but also in leadership space where I can help build the environments. And what we are talking today is actually <laughs> very much inclined to the uh, you know the, my passion, and that's why I'm very much looking forward to um, hearing sharing your thoughts and sharing some of mine. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Anjali. And Juan. Hi, everybody. So I'm Juan, um, currently engineer manager at AirTasker. Uh, for people that don't know, AirTasker is a platform that connects you actually uh, with skilled and reliable people to help you tackle your to-do list. Uh, uh, so we empower people to realize their their full value of their skills. So you can ask them to uh, loan your mow, uh, your loan or uh, work your dog, or it's it's basically anything in there. Um, I'm pretty passionate about creating plat uh, performance teams uh, and help them grow. Um, and this is that's very tied to the dependency of creating a workplace in which people will want to be and turn up to. Uh, very similar to what you just say, and uh, Angeli, it's that. Uh, it's, it's a topic that passions me um, in terms of building um, and giving us a place for um, engineers to uh, grow and come to and play. 
Thank you so much. Looking forward to hearing all your experiences and insights today, everyone. So we'll jump into the topic, um, which I'm interested to hear. What have you seen that's made people stick to a workplace in your experience? And on that flip side, what are some of the key reasons people have left some of the workplaces that you've worked at or heard about? Angela, keen to hear your thoughts first. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, the reason I asked this question is because over the years I've been working, I realized that um, I noticed that um, right now um, it's it's totally different game because COVID has kind of changed the the philosophy of workplace completely. But over the years, um, uh, it was interesting to see that um, a workforce has always been diverse. Uh, and we have had people who were playing different roles, uh, were on in different phases of their life. Like some, when I started as a graduate, things that mattered to me were very different to what matters to me today. So uh, with that, when we talk about creating workplace uh, that people want to turn out to, it's it's very complicated question, or it has a deep. Um, different sort of areas that it can go into, and that that's where I kept thinking of what have we seen, like what 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 ha have made people stick or what have made me stick in the companies. Uh, so uh, some of the things that I've really seen, number one reason was uh, mainly around the um, the type of work we are doing, the growth opportunity that I've had. I know I personally have only moved companies uh, when I had a better opportunity somewhere else, not that I was unhappy in my role. So it's just some of those things that I've seen, but I'm keen to see what sort of uh, other people think. And, and interestingly, and I don't know, ironically, the things that made people stick around are the exact same things that made people leave at a different stage of their life. <laughs> so, yeah, when I want to see what you all think about it. Yeah, certainly. I, I agree that there is no one size fits all for um, for for this type of lifestyles that the various different types of lifestyles that, that we may be after at different stages in our lives. Um, and when I was thinking about this earlier today, I kind of listed down the reasons that some people may uh, prefer a remote work setting. And you know, it comes down to some of the more simple, more straightforward things like cost and time of commute. You know, for, for the average worker, it might cost them perhaps $10, $15 a day just on uh, the buses and trains, and then it could be two hours a day just to spend uh, commuting. And the, the, the prospect of being able to save that on a daily basis um, as it accumulates throughout the year, it's, it's too significant to ignore for someone, you know, uh, the, a large portion of our population, um, you know, with families and, and, and kids and other commitments outside of work. Um, so I think that is certainly an area, one of the main areas where we're looking at when we're talking about what are some of the reasons that people are preferring a hybrid or a, a pure high, uh, remote work arrangement. Um, another reason that people may not, uh, may prefer uh, home working is uh, flexibility on managing their schedules. Like I, I, have a, I have a son that started kindergarten this year and it's been hugely beneficial for me to have more control in terms of you know, I can I can go and pick him up I can do the drop offs in the morning and you know it's it's some of the intangibles that you know the relationship that I want to build with my my family um, and that really helps to be able to do that I can only imagine what it would have been like if we are in the old days of you know going to the office uh, Monday to Friday uh, I'll probably only see my son on weekends if that's the case so 
Okay, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'll stop at that for now and maybe let you guys share a bit of your experiences and, and your thoughts on that. I, I think I'm aligned to what you guys are saying as well in there. From, from my observation, um, it's all around, there, is, there are different, different aspects of it, yeah? Like you just pointed out, uh, flexibility, uh, culture in the business, uh, money, I'll have to put in there money. It's, it's a very important part of it. Uh, from my experience, I've seen people um, that leave just because of the money. Um, and uh, they realize that the culture in the other side, it's not the same thing and they come back. Um, so I think that what has made people stay in the workplace that I've worked with is most of it that culture that has built been built, built around the whole the whole company, which it's on the other side, I've seen that if we are losing on those, or we're, we're missing on that part as well, as we're going more into a remote or hybrid environment, um, you can only build culture when you are face-to-face -face with somebody. Um, that's my, from, from what I've seen. You can only build um, um, close relationships and ties with people where they're close to it. So uh, hybrid and, and, and fully remote has moved and has shifted that culture away and people just can move into different places. Um, and what I'm trying to do now currently is trying to bring people not back into the office, but at least coming back into 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 let's let's do an activity together. Let's do something in there to build that culture so that uh, everybody stayed like connected in some way. Um, um, with that, you have to you have to you have to build on them to be have uh, like that family feeling. Uh, so all those all those little things of the culture. Uh, belonging, recognition, uh, feeling challenged, um, feeling like that you are contributing something bigger than what you are in there. All, all those things come into, into uh, those relationships that you build in your day-to-day, -day, which I think we're missing with uh, fully remote or very hybrid uh, uh, distribution on that one. So I don't know if you have guys have seen that as well uh, in the career. But that's the point that I'm, I've been trying to focus currently in my team, trying to build that culture and trying to build that uh, relationship between each one of the team members. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Jan. I think that's one thing that speaks uh, quite a bit. Um, back in the days when we were all going into the office, um, throughout the day, we weren't just actually sitting on a desk and working. There were opportunities where we were having coffee chats, we were having lunches together, we were going out. And, you know, um, and some of the companies that I've worked in, we used to have like passionate debates about topics that mattered. And they were like, not just transactional around the work related, but overall work, life, anything that comes up to. And that made me feel more engaged in the workplace. And when I, when I was or people around me were feeling engaged, even if, say, for some reason, we all have good days and bad days at work, right? Not everyone is happy all the time. But those were the connections and engagement that made it harder for me even to think about moving out of the company. So I think, uh, uh, and that's a big challenge and needs a very conscious efforts for us to maintain uh, that culture. Um, and I know, like, if you're not sort of connected um, to your workplace in a remote environment, it's very easy to feel like you're not valued or you're not sort of, um, you're not sort of belong, you're not belonging here. And, and that kind of triggers the thinking about, uh, I want to move, not just necessarily, I'm not happy about my work, but I, I don't feel connected and so on. And I feel like um, leadership 
like you said, plays very crucial role um, in that. Um, I know, like, as leaders, we kind of have uh, regular one-on-ones and we can notice, like, even when we are on the calls, like, just asking people, like, if it's possible for you all to just enable your camera just so that we can see each other, that that one simple act can actually make a difference in how we are all engaged in the room. Um, and if we are saying, like sometimes people will come and tell you about what's going on, uh, but other time it's the things that are not being told, but you have just noticed their facial expressions and so on. And when I've seen if my leaders actually care enough to notice what I'm not saying and coming and connecting with me on an individual basis, or my PA is doing that, it makes a whole lot of difference of uh, the, the the experience I have at my work. Um, I know it's very um, challenging thing. There's no sort of simple answer. If we are, if we are, if possible, if we are in a close proximity, having to come into the office, doing some activities and doing some fun play, definitely has helped in a big time. In the past, I've seen that uh, in the companies I was there, they were doing like a quarterly catch-ups. Uh, you know, especially when we were global or more distributed, and that's another thing that has become more common, right? With with remote environment, we are no more bound to hiring people who are in our cities. We can pretty much hire from across across the country or even sometimes globally. Um, and 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 then we have seen that doing that quarterly has helped uh, as well. Um, yeah, and I think other one was feedback. Um, you know, a lot of times that um, if we if we ask our people like what's working, what's not working, they will have very valuable feedback to share with us, and they'll have lots of ideas because they are actually um, working others in the industry and seeing what 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 other companies are doing and uh, what they'll see to to have happened in our company. So taking feedback from people around has given a lot of valuable insights of what makes uh, what can we do to make that experience better. Um, yeah, some of the things that I've seen. Yeah, and just extend on extending on on both of your points there. Um, for me personally, uh, in my past experience, I really valued my um, having having access to mentor mentors and support from senior leaders. I've been able. I've been very fortunate to have maybe three or four people that I've worked with that I really look up to. And I've been able to observe how they conducted themselves in the workplace, how they uh, treated others, and how they responded to very complex and very difficult problems. And this, looking back, I don't think this is something that I could teach anyone or anybody can teach me um, in a remote situation. Um, it's something that I, I learned and sort of, I guess, came, you know, it's an epiphany uh, moment where it's a light bulb thing where I just, ah, that was, this reminded me of, you know, so-and-so back then. And so these are the sort of the intangibles that comes with, um, you know, being co-located and, and I guess the, uh, uh, the the benefits of a of a uh, in face-to-face -face workplace. And, and I think it's very much underrated. And in, in today's um, sort of, in, in our industries and it's not being promoted enough um, and it's very lacking and it I would attribute that uh, attribute that to uh, I guess a, a opportunities in leadership and I think 
senior leaders in organizations have a huge role to play when it comes to promoting um, better culture in the workplace. Yeah, I definitely agree with how important face-to-face -face interactions are. I'm also curious to know, do you think a motivating factor which keeps people engaged within an organization is having clear career progression and paths within the company? Um, yes, I think um, it's been, I think, about uh, five years that I've been in the leadership space. Um, and when I was myself an individual contributor, um, I've always been, I've always put myself in a driver's seat of my own uh career path and growth uh, because I, I very strongly believe that uh, unless you speak up or uh, share your aspirations or share your uh, interests with people, you won't like people won't be able to help you. Um, so it's it's very important to do that. Uh, wherein on the flip side, um, after being a leader, I've also had direct reports who uh, were really capable people, really smart, were like had aspirations, but they weren't sort of comfortable to speak up or, you know, weren't able to articulate, uh, you know, as clearly as, uh, as uh, you know, uh, I would have done or others would have done. Um, so in that case, really like um, asking those open-ended questions to help them help, like, you know, uh, dig into like what, what, what motivates you? Where do you want to see in a few years? It's not just because um, I want to, uh, I want to understand, but also about how can I help you and support you um, to grow in the company and and some opportunities when I see whether it's in my teams or other teams across, I can actually come in and show you saying, hey, there's there's a chance for you to step up and do something. So absolutely, growth opportunity and growth path have been one of the reasons that I've seen people stay or leave the company. Yeah, no, I think I think it is super important. And uh, Angela, you already sort of mentioned like key reasons for yourself, you know, has never been that you've left an organization because of anything in particular. It's more just, as you said, there's better opportunities in, in terms of your growth. But Juan, what would you say, like, have you noticed any key reasons why people have left a workplace? There is, it depends, it depends on the workplace as well. Yeah. And it depends on how, how Michael was putting in there. It's, it's, it's able to, um, um, feel the expectations of, of the person that it's working in there. Um, from experience, I have uh, one engineer that left because we did a training that he was never going to be using in his work and he wanted to do that training. So it was nothing to do with culture. It has nothing to do with money. It was all about, well, you're training me to do this thing, but I'm not going to be using it. I want to use it, so I go to another place to use it. Mm. Uh, there are cases in my, in my experience that were another in which it was, yeah, I love the culture, I love everything, but they're going to pay me a lot of money in here. So it's, it's, it's different for everybody. It's in a different stage in their life, yeah? Um, but you have a point in there uh, on your previous questions around, you have to have clear goals and, and, and clear roadmaps of what the person that you're managing or the person that you are with want to achieve or want to get out of this, of this job, yeah? Everybody, everybody in a company has an end date in any company, yeah? It's a day that you have that you're gonna leave that company, nobody's gonna be there forever. So the, that's the first question that I always ask them, what do you want to get out of here, of this company you currently are? What is your main goal out of this one? What do you want to learn of this experience? Uh, because you're gonna be here maybe for a year, five years, 10 years, it will be lovely, we have you for 10, 20 years, uh, but you never know. Uh, market changes, uh, new opportunities appear, uh, 
you move to a different country, you move to, there are so many factors around that one. That yeah. That's the first thing that you have to just contribute. Give them clear goals, define the clear goals with what with the person that you have in there. And that in that way, they will feel engaged uh, and they will just go through it. 100%. Yeah, no, I, I liked that one there, having the clear goals. Um, and Michael, have you experienced anything? I guess it's important to kind of define what those clear goal, what those key reasons are people have left, and that way you can kind of mitigate that um, on the opposite end. Yeah, in, in, my, in my case, I, I manage a team with a, a very wide spectrum of backgrounds, um, uh, you know, profiles and, and different stages in, in their lives. I've, I've got people that's in the company for 35 years. So, so Oh, wow. <laughs> that is a good running. <laughs> that, that's, that's a very, I guess, an extreme case, uh, relatively speaking, with very different needs to someone who's like a grad um, developer with only a couple of years in, uh, in their belt and looking to um, get to that next level. And and yeah, I, and I there, there has been instances where people have have left um, because of better opportunities elsewhere. As leaders, we have to be uh, very mindful of that. And I I like Juan's response and in, in you know having that sort of almost like a tailored strategy for each of your, of our team members in trying to uh, get the best out of their time here, however long that is. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, on kind of that, it's important, I suppose, just like things like that are kind of unavoidable. You know, you can't move things as quickly as you would like sometimes, but I guess clear communication is all you can really do in, in that instance. Um, and, can, and I think, um, yeah. uh, can I add there, um, Ira, there, um, a lot of time we can play a better role while doing the recruitment itself. Um, I at NIB actually I was really really um, uh, happy because it, as we started the recruitment process we had this 30 minutes informal catch up with the candidate where we uh, not only understand where you're coming from what's your motivation why do you want to join the company what do you see yourself in the role and so on but also giving them as much we can uh, insights into what is it that we are currently working on what is our vision what is what is the roadmap looking like so that it's a two way decision it's not just mm -hmm. hey come tell me why we should hire you but it's also Hey, look at this. What like this is? I'm telling you, this, is this something that you really think you wanna, uh, you know, um, go on the journey for? Um, and that kind of, and that kind of uh, made a difference of you know who came into the company and how long they stick around as well. Um, and also sometimes once they came in, um, uh, we had an opportunity for people to actually provide the feedback because. I, I'm of the view that we can always improve. No one's perfect and we always have a room to improve. And if we open up to our people and ask them to give feedback, whether it's in a tech space, uh, the tech stack we are using, the roadmap of, you know, from going from legacy to do or or serving the uh, product roadmap that we have. Um, but it's one thing to allow them to give feedback. But if we don't do anything about that feedback, that can lead to a lot of frustrations. Um, mm, even more and, so. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that frustrations and sometimes people burn out um, as a result of those things. And that's another reason I've seen people go uh, as well. When people burn out and that's a reason why they don't stick to a workplace, like what are some of the key areas you would say to, I guess, resolve that issue? Um, I think early check-ins. 
um, I would say we um, not only just leaders as a peers, like like I think going back to Yuan's point, if you have a really strong culture, you care about each other. Um, and it's not just leaders, it's also your people, your teammates. And and if you can see that building up, and I, I strongly believe, and I've, I've read this uh, book from uh, one of the authors who kind of said, when an employee is quitting, it's too late, too yeah. late. Um, if they have, they have made up mind and come and telling you that you want to leave, you have missed all the opportunities, all the signals they have been giving you all along. So there's lots of opportunities when you're doing one-on-one -on -one connections you, you get it. You know, if, if you're doing really right, if you really have a good culture, you know when your people are happy, you know when you're not happy. And and I feel like the best place to be in is if you know people are burning out and if you know you as a leader genuinely cannot do anything about it, you know what? It's probably good to go, go look out somewhere else because I, I love you. I want to, I, I love your capability. I love the value you add to the place. But where you are, the frustrations, I don't think we can do about something about this one and so on. Wherein if there are some things we can do, I think as a leaders, we are in a very um, good point where we can uh, connect with our senior leaders and execs. We have way to influence a lot of things as well. So we can take that feedback and try to promote and champion and, and influence some of the decisions that can change um, some of these things. Thanks, Anjali. That's a really great point that you just mentioned on once a person quits, it's already too late. Really liked that one. Um, moving on to the next point on how do you see the future workplace evolving? I think we've established that the nine to five Monday to Friday in the office is very much over. What are some innovative ideas to bring that benefit both on-site and remote together then? Perfect. So I see a future very hybrid. Um, um, People going into the office a couple of days a week um, and most of the time um, working from home, being very flexible on that one, like uh, what Michael was just saying now, being able to go and pick up your kids. It's, that's what I'm saying in there. Um, but like I said at the beginning, I think with that one, we're losing a little bit of that culture or that uh, partnership that we're having with, with, your, with your peers in the office. Um, so I see some companies trying to force people to come more into the office, which is causing more, more trouble than, than a solution on that area. Um, but yeah, at this moment, we are very early days of how a hybrid is working. Um, I think people will adjust to it, but I still feel that the old days of going into the office nine, nine to five and um, maybe having a beer after work with colleagues to discuss what you had uh, accomplished during the day and having that connection and that... Um, uh, like that uh, sharing of success within just finding a bug or just uh, installing some kind of tool has been lost a little bit with hybrid. Um, I would love that to come back again. Um, I'm not enforcing any, I wouldn't enforce anybody to come back into the office. Uh, but as myself, I'm trying to go three times a day to the, to the office. So for them to have a face in there if they want to come in. Uh, and talk about what they're doing and what they're not doing in there. Uh, but I still see that, yeah, we're still going to be hybrid. That's not going to change. We're not going to go back to the old days. Uh, we just have to evolve and change around that one and try to find new tools to try to engage and keep them engaged and keep them uh, uh, connecting and keep them um, just celebrating each one of the successes they have through the day. And Michael, your thoughts? I know you put forward that question, actually. 
Yeah, yeah, it's actually my one of my favourite things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> You've come um, to the right place then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, look, um, trying to trying to sort of think about this creatively, uh, not within the company that I work for or or any particular industry, but trying to trying to think of it outside the box. Like we're trying to find some middle ground. So on one corner, we've got people that want to work from home. They want to save the time and cost of the commute. They want better control on work-life balance. They want to spend more time with their kids. They want to. Uh, they don't want to put on a shirt. They want to, you know, t-shirt and shorts. They want. They have a home gym. They, you know, whatever it is. On the other hand, you have maybe the younger folk. They enjoy the camaraderie. They enjoy the coffees and lunches and after-work drinks. They need that support from senior leaders, from mentors to, to grow and develop and the potential career advancement opportunities. How do we marry those two together and get the both, best of both worlds? So thinking out loud, if I'm a company that has an office building or a few levels or an office block, that's I'm paying a certain amount of rent for per month for a certain number of seats. How can I transfer that cost into something that I can invest into building better culture? And that could be events, functions. That could be I can send equipment to my staff who are working from home to make them feel more better supported. I can reimburse them for a train fare or bus fare coming to the office on the house at the expense of the company. If my company said that to me, I'll come in five days a week. No problem. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud here. So these are just some of the wild ideas that I don't know if the CEOs out there are thinking about. Are they looking at what are the what are things that are keeping their employees up at night? You know, uh, it, the, the cost of living is rising. Interest rate is rising. I'm struggling to pay my mortgage and I have to pay 20 bucks a day to come into the office for virtually no benefit for my role. Like, the, you know, a lot of people are saying I can do my job just as well, if not, if not better at home without having to spend a couple of hours on the bus and, and spending spending the, the, the extra train fare. So I think a company, if companies can be more creative and help to solve those mental blocks, I think, I don't think anybody would, I think a lot of people would uh, be more, accommodating to come into the office, show their face and contribute to a better, more coercive culture. Absolutely. I totally, totally uh, align to your thinking there, Michael. And some of the things that I've seen um, the company I was in and the company I am in was doing was um, they had few flows they were renting, renting, and then they kind of decided to either sublease them or kind of give it, give away and then kept just one of the spaces and converted the workplace in a hot desking space where you still can come to the office uh, and have like workshops and gatherings and so on. Uh, but it's it's totally up to you. It's your choice. So the, the, there's like hybrid workplace, but it's your choice. Uh, how do you want to utilize that? So I think that to me is very um liberating. Um, and I think uh, if I think about it differently as well from a productivity perspective, um, we all are different in terms of uh, when in the day we feel productive. 
Um, and this is purely from a productivity perspective. I know culture aspect we can't replace or or have a have to put a lot of conscious efforts to to build in a remote space or in a hybrid space. But when I think about productivity in particular, someone's in a morning person, someone's a late night person, someone like I have got a little one. Um, a lot of time I would wrap up my work at uh, you know early to go have a daycare pickup and spend some time cooking dinner and having together. And then when I put my baby to bed, um, I would go and finish up some of my work. Those are like my high productivity zones early in the morning, late in the night for a couple of hours. The amount of work that I get done during that time, if I'm sort of being stuck in um, in that nine to five mind frame, I wouldn't feel as productive because that may not be my productivity zone or, you know, um, and so on. So I think uh, that's another way to sort of look at it. And also it opens up the doors for a lot of people who didn't come back to workplace uh, for several reasons. Like I can think of a lot of, I know I'm, I'm bringing that uh, women aspect here, but not just women, but people who care for other, other family members or kids and so on, like as a parents and uh, both genders they might be staying out of the workplace uh, because genuinely like traveling every single day to a workplace wasn't feasible for their situation. And with the hybrid workplace that has um, opened up the doors for them. Look at us just doing this podcast. I would have lost this opportunity if Mira would have asked me, hey, you, you got to come to Sydney in our studio to do this podcast. But now because... This has opened the doors for me as well. And so I think if I'm thinking from those perspective, it has opened a lot of doors. Um, and thinking creatively or differently uh, on the other aspect, I know a lot of AI is coming in place. Uh, a lot of uh, you know small things or mundane things are being done by AIs. Recently, I've been into conferences where I saw some of the mundane tasks were being done by AI so that we can have some of the complicated where we need more thinking space uh, to the employees. So I know in, uh, AI will take more and uh, at least the space in those mundane areas as we evolve through the workplace as well. It's questionable. I know lots of chats been happening about how ethical is it and how not. Uh, so I'll leave that, <laughs> leave that point there. <laughs> I reckon if AI can help us take meeting minutes, that, that would be, that would make me very happy. <laughs> I think I'll send. I'll send you a bot. I'll send you a bot that help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. I know Juan. You also wanted to discuss something you're quite passionate about, which is how, as engineering managers, can you contribute to helping the business on creating a great place to work when some of them are trying to enforce people to come back into the office. Yeah, I've seen that in some companies in there as well. Uh, not in the current ones that I'm, that I'm working on, the previous ones that I've worked. Uh, but I've heard that some of the companies are enforcing people to go and which it's creating more friction around that one, which is affecting the culture, which is affecting people wanting to go back into the office uh, and work in there, yeah? Um, um, if I was enforced to go into the office, I would be very resistant as well. But like I said, I'm going days, two days, three days to the office, uh, just to be a face in there. And it, it, it grows for me. So on top of that one, as being like an EM and a leader showing that it's okay to go to the office and be like an example, what are the things do you think uh, we should be doing in there to, to help the business come back into, into, into helping people feel 
I don't know, it's not safe, but it's uh, um, wanting to come back into the office or wanting to come back into work and enjoy what they're doing in there. Even though if it's not coming to the office, it's fine. Uh, but enjoying that, what 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 are the things you? I'll I will shoot it out to you two guys in here, uh, as I've been thinking this for a, for a while and I haven't been able to find any answers around that one. So, what techniques are you using? And what things are you using for that? Yeah, I, I I've got a couple of ideas there, and um, the, the first one off the top of my head is as leaders um, to show that we genuinely care for our staff, for our team. Um, we have to open up ourselves. Uh, a, a little bit. And one way of doing that is uh, treating them uh, as if they're one of our own friends or one of our own families. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have been have worked with leaders who have opened up their homes to invite me over to um, maybe a weekend lunch with the kids or um, a, a dinner, pizza and beer, these sort of events. Uh, they cost very little, relatively speaking. But in terms of that team building, uh, culture building, and just keeping the team together, um, it, it really does go quite a long way. And I think that is uh, a, a, an easy and cost-effective way to improve um, team morale. And uh, yeah, I think that's 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 a, it's a good good idea. I think it's human nature, right? When you are forced to do something is the, <laughs> the time when you most resist, resist it. Um, I think I would probably ask why, what's the driving factor behind um, business or yourself to ask people to return to work or come back to uh, office, say, a certain number of days in a week and probably try and experiment some of those things because um, if we are open to evolve the idea, people are much more open to, um, you know, go along. Um, if we start to say, let's try one day in a week or one day in a fortnight or whatever works in the, in the situation that you're in, and that kind of anchors or kind of engages people, that's the first step. And if they find it as a valuable experience going into the office. And it's once in a while, it doesn't kind of hamper the way they go about the day or they kind of perform or stuff like that. They'd be much more open to accept the idea. And if if it's working really well, you can gradually build it up from there to um, what is more acceptable or what is the outcome that you're trying to go for. And, and alternatively, if you see that doesn't work, as in if you see that doesn't kind of help with the productivity, building the culture, or it's kind of leading to more frustration than good, then you have your answer, right? Like you can um, shape differently. And I think like, I'll, I'll kind of repeat what I was saying earlier. We as leaders are in a perfect sweet spot where we have connection to both senior leadership and execs as well as to uh, our team members who are working on the ground. And we kind of understand both the worlds. I, I would I would hope we understand both the worlds in a better way. And we could see that how best we could bridge the gap and, and, and do the connection. And if I have to think creatively, does it have to be in office to create the culture? Or can you meet in the middle somewhere? Now here I'm assuming that people are kind of in a close proximity that they can actually travel. If you have, say, Australia-wide or a global team that's 
um, not a viable solution. Um, I'm kind of assuming in the context of within the same state, close proximity that people can actually come up and so on. Um, it's just some of the things that, you know, uh, I'm thinking out here that might um, might help uh, to create a great place to work, but also evolve iteratively to find what works for us. I might just throw another wild card in there, and that is the technology of virtual reality. Um, there are, I know for a fact, there are people invested in um, businesses that are building virtual reality software for businesses and, and enterprises. So imagine our Microsoft Teams um, becoming a virtual setting where each of us can assume a virtual identity and a virtual avatar in a platform where um, it's it's an artificial world um, and, or artificial office, if you want, where there are kind of similar facilities, just as you would a normal office with breakout area, meeting rooms, um, theaters, um, focus areas, even desks, uh, or even bars, if you want. But everything is virtual. And I think this would speak uh, quite well to the younger group of um, you know, the, the, the future of, of, of the workplace. Uh, what does that look like this in, in, in reality? <laughs> that may look like we're all in our homes or in some sort of setting with virtual headsets on, and we are doing things entirely virtually. So that's another some food for thought in terms of what the future looks like. That's a really innovative idea, Michael, and not one I would have thought of myself. So thank you for sharing that. Um, as well, something I hear when recruiting from candidates um, quite a few times is, you know, they're looking for 100% remote work because they say when they go into the office, they're just sitting on meetings and calls anyway. So what's the point of going in? Um, what would your comments and thoughts be on this? I will, I will go into that one. Uh, for that one, you just time time wisely. That's um, I agree with you and, and with everybody that it's that it's going into the office just for meetings and and staying in meetings. Uh, not everybody's gonna be in the meeting, so you're gonna have some people that are remote. Well, so if you're putting a meeting that has to be uh, like on grounds, everybody should be in there. Uh, mm. As a as a technique for my team. Uh, we have a day that we are all trying to go to the office. Uh, and that's where we, that day is that we're putting the meetings that we need to do like uh, whiteboard planning or or throwing ideas into the board or just thinking about the next big feature that we're gonna build in there in which we are all sitting into in, in the same desk uh, because the collaboration is easier in that way, yeah? Um, but it all depends on each one of the teams in there for that one. But if, if, if you want to do that one, the, the only thing that I will say is, from my experience, it's just set a date in which everybody is in the office. Don't make people go to go in and attend a meeting that it's with India or with, uh, I don't know, with somebody in, in, in the UK that you can take easily at home. Uh, uh, that doesn't make sense to me either. The, the, the better question I would ask, well, I should I would respond to that question with another question. Why are you in meetings all day long? <laughs> <laughs> If, if that, that is a good the one. Case, then the problem is not with co-location. It's another. It's a different problem. If, yeah. If somebody is in meetings all days long, that's a different problem. That is a. That's a very fair point. 
Yeah, and that's a deep one, right? Um, I don't know if we see the rise of meetings after we have gone remote or has it always been this way? And, you know, um, yeah, in, in a remote setting, even if you want to just chat to someone, it's a meeting. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, previously you would go and just tap on the shoulder to someone and have a quick chat about the problem you're trying to solve and just pair on something that you want to do. But that's what if you want to do, meeting. And it's just like... <laughs> Um, you're right. Why are we in the meetings all day? I think that's the question I've heard a lot in the companies these days. And and especially uh, if it's a meeting with more than one person in, in, invited, and especially if it doesn't have an agenda uh, or the outcome we are trying to get by having so many people in the room together. Yeah, I can. Get, I think that you have opened a can of worms there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't go too too much into it. It's probably a whole different podcast topic. But yeah, no, some really good ideas. And Juan, that's definitely, I think, even just an idea in saying that, you know, making, not, not so much making a reason, but like that's a reason to go into the office when, you know, it's on a team basis. And you're like, we're going to go in and do this and it'll be more collaborative. So that is a good reason to get people in. And, you know, then they're not just feeling like they're going in for no reason. It's actually a time to collaborate um, all together and where they don't have to sit on meetings, big meetings with lots of people in it. So yeah, it's a really good idea. Um, any final comments on, I guess, the topic before we finish up for today? Not really. Um, you know, to improve the the workplace, there's probably a thousand different ideas and, and answers. It, it'll be interesting to see um, any any people that are ahead of the curve, any organizations that might uh, experiment on some of these these new ideas, new technologies. Um, I've heard even some organizations thinking about a four day work week, which I'm very curious and keen about. <laughs> another topic in itself again <laughs> another yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% well thank you thanks everyone so much for joining today um, Anjali, Michael and Juan for all your contributions it was really great chat so hope everyone enjoyed listening and thanks everyone again thank you